Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time for your week daily look at the NBA and your Charlotte Hornets. It's time for the Hive O'Clock Alarm. Oh, that sounds amazing. Good morning, Hornets fans. This is the Hive O'Clock Alarm. It's always uh, easier to wake up, David, when the Hornets get a victory. Not only a victory, but... Probably the most important victory in in franchise, or at least this section of the franchise history. Hornets beat the Heat 109-106. We're going to recap this game, but also I've got a ticket giveaway. More information at the end of this Hive O'Clock Alarm, so definitely stick around for this entire thing. Going to give away tickets to this Saturday's game at home against the Denver Nuggets, so stick around for that. But first, David... Huge win for the Hornets, 109-106, and the Heat, they were not making this game easy. No, no, we knew they wouldn't. I think you might be right. I mean, you don't want to overstate a, a regular season win, but just with all the factors you know, in play here, the Heat on the road, what it meant for the division, just all the historical trouble this team has had you know, playing Miami, uh, especially down there, I think it's – it's fair to say that it's it's up there with the biggest regular season wins. Certainly, well, I guess this iteration of the Hornets doesn't have any other wins. Uh, so it's a pretty big win for this team, and it felt really good. They did have to hang on, but, you know, uh, you go down there and you get a win any way you can, Doug. So I, I think this team's got to feel very excited to now sit at, what, 39 and 29, I think? Yes, that's correct. Ten games yep. over five hundred. So you know, even when mm. you look back at both of the Bobcats era runs in the playoffs, there wasn't this kind of winning. There wasn't. This, I mean, they were never ten games over five hundred. And so this team is is definitely doing something special, and they're doing it in a different way with a lot of offense and and enough defense. Let's uh, let's take a look at the box score and check out some of the big stars. Nick Batum, 7 of 19 from the field, 19 points. He was only 2 of 7 from beyond the arc, David, but he hit some really big tough shot. he hit some really tough buckets. That yeah, that's the thing. Contested shots late in the second half. Uh, he he did a great job. Kimball Walker, 7 of 18 from the field, 4 of 9 from beyond the arc. Again, shooting over 40% from from 3. That's what we've come to expect from Kimball Walker these days. 21 points, 7 rebounds, 7 assists. He's stuffing the stat sheet these days. But you have to go to the bench. Uh, 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 the bench that we pointed out was struggling. That actually came through in, in the clutch in this one. Al Jefferson, 10 of 16 from the field at 21 points, 10 rebounds. A double-double for Al Jefferson, who had to, mm. fill in, had to fill in for Cody Walker. Or Cody Walker. Cody Zeller. In, <laughs> I'm, I'm mixing my Hornets. Uh, Cody Zeller, sore knee. He heads into the the. Uh, he had a great end of the first half, though. Uh, Cody Zeller knocking down some key buckets that helped the Hornets uh, tr- uh, trim a 15 point deficit and turn that into a a one point 
surplus of points going into the half, but uh, he had to sit because of a sore knee. Al Jefferson comes in and plays huge minutes in that second half. Yeah, maybe maybe don't throw dirt on Al Jefferson just yet, right? I think he can. He's shown that he can still be a valuable part of this team. You know, it's, it may not be every night, but uh, I think that especially going into the playoffs, I think it was. Um, yeah, gosh, I think it was Rick Carlisle maybe that said, you know, no team's got somebody like that coming off the bench, and and I think he's right. I mean, that's a big piece for Al to come in there and still play like he, he had in the past years is big. And uh, you mentioned Nick Batum. I mean, that's the Nick Batum that we thought we might see when we looked at this in the preseason. He's hit big shots before in Portland, um, was having more of the spotlight be on him here in Charlotte. And, you know, you're still seeing some of the turnovers here and there. Um, and he's taken a few chances that you that make you raise your eyebrows at times. But, I mean, I think you take all of that, uh, you know, balances out with what he's doing on the court right now uh, in a positive way because he's hitting really big shots, especially down the stretch there. I mean, he was matching the heat almost by himself at times, and he's still filling the stat sheet too, Doug. I mean, he's he's doing it all right now, um, you know, giving you 30 points occasionally when you need it, but really it's it's filling that, the stat sheet up and helping this team in a variety of ways, which is huge. Yeah, he he found Kimball Walker for a huge three. His only assist of the game, but it, it was late in the game and it, and it was a at a big moment. And Clifford commenting after the game, saying, "You know, Jefferson came in at a time in the game when the Hornets were struggling to score, and you know sometimes it just takes one guy gritting it out and and getting a couple baskets to get the team back into a rhythm." And so Jefferson helped that forcing the heat into what 15 turnovers that helps as well. Now they only scored 13 points on those turnovers, but they prevented the heat uh, from doing things that they wanted to do in the half court. Dwayne, especially Dwayne Wade, who was three of 13 from the field, only 11 points, three turnovers. That was a key to the game for Justin during Hive Talk Life Thursday had to uh, put a lid on Wade and not allow him to go vintage Wade and certainly the Hornets did yeah. that. And then when you look do you at Hook, do you think? Yeah, do you think he was? Do you think he was a hundred percent? I mean, uh, we, we mentioned it. I think he might not have played, or there was talk that he might not play. He didn't look all the way back to me, but I'm, I mean, it was a big game, so it didn't surprise me to see him playing. Yeah, it's tough. I, I think he's obviously dealing with some injuries, but I think when you go into this type of game, and I, the Heat were really jazzed for this game as well. I, I think probably. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he had enough adrenaline running where I just think the Hornets, I mean, you look at the defense by Courtney Lee and and Marvin Williams and others, it was a team effort on defense when it came to not only Wade, but uh, Drajic, Richardson, Whiteside, uh, Johnson really, uh, wanted, Johnson and Ding, and Ding had a favorable matchup against Kaminsky. And I think Rick Bennell commented on Twitter, like, Kaminsky's never guarded a guy like Ding. And so when the, when the, when, when the Heat went small, and put Ding on Kaminsky. Uh, that's when they really got their offense going. But yeah, I know. I think he looked. I think Wade looked fine for what he is. You know, in this phase of his NBA career, I just think the Hornets did a great job of keeping him, you know, in front and not letting him get easy baskets. Because when we've seen Wade explode against the Hornets and countless other teams, it's because he's been able to get into the paint and and get those uncontested layups, and that wasn't happening. And, and, get, and in this get fouls. 
and get fouls. And that was key down the stretch, especially when they were trying to close it out, not fouling. I mean, I think they gave up a couple of, uh, of layups there, but you just didn't want to foul. And he will get those calls, especially in Miami. So they did a good job of not fouling on those, which I thought was obviously big, uh, given, given time and, and situation there. So that was a good job. It was in, what do you think of, um, of, uh, Justice Winslow slipped, switching onto Kemba there at the end. They were trying to give him some trouble, but I thought Kemba handled it pretty well. Well, listen, Winslow put, played 31 minutes and only took two shot attempts. So if you're going to do that, then you better bring everything that you've got to the defensive end of the floor. And Justice certainly did that. See there, David, I got it. I find, I'm getting it right. I'm making the switch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Justice did a great job, not only on Kemba, but. On, on countless other Hornets, I mean, he was he was their switching guy, and, and he could probably yeah. switch on to just about everyone on the court except for Al Jefferson. <laughs> Jefferson was was Hassan's responsibility, and it was funny after the game, Jefferson talking about, you know, Hassan is a great defender. He was giving Hassan plenty of credit, but he also said that Hassan is never he he rarely sees a guy like Jefferson on a on a night to night basis because. Guys like Jefferson on offense are just rare. Those really, you know, fine-tuned post-offense players, and so I think Jefferson took oh, that man. as like a challenge. Like I'm going to give uh, this Hassan Whiteside guy everything that he can handle underneath, <laughs> and he did. He was, Whiteside he only had one block. Everything. Yeah, Whiteside only had one block for the game. So they were. Well, the, yeah. he made him. He made him jump out of the building too on that one pump fake. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean that was vintage Al. <laughs> you don't see that pump fake and he's the master of it. It's funny to see Al still doing that, you know, and it still works. I don't think he, he can do that when he's in the nursing home and it's still going to work. Who would he be pump faking in the nursing home? Attendance. Um, Attendance. Yeah. Yeah. Attendance trying to, trying to like get medicine in his mouth and he just pump fakes him and then goes to the room. Or, or maybe someone not like, if somebody else wants the jello and he's like, (laughs) <laughs> you know, pumps it up, brings it down. Um, uh, what was it? Well, we would be remiss, Doug, if we didn't mention uh, Jeremy Lin. Jeremiah Lin and the free throws at the end. Not a you know, not a great overall game, but whew, I mean, if you step up like that and hit those free throws with that crowd, you know, people give the Miami crowd a lot of a lot of guff, but they were making some noise, and those were huge, huge free throws. And, and Marvin had just missed two. Um, so he came down and hit two free throws twice at the end of that game and sealed it. Well, what it shows you is that the Hornets have a couple of guys in, in Jeremy Lin and Troy Daniels who can sit for a while and then come off the bench and, and be productive. And Lin's been doing it all season in the, in late in the fourth quarter, just coming up with either clutch free throws, getting to the line, uh, you know, or, or clutch baskets and that's just been that's been his calling card or that's been his safety blanket is is clutch moments when his shooting throughout the game has abandoned him and and it really has the three point shooting has just completely fallen off the cliff for Jeremy Lin but when you have a guy who won't quit who keeps going mm-hmm. who doesn't let it frustrate him and and he sat for so long in that game as the Hornets really got big and dependent on Al Jefferson for their offense you know, it's it's just a really a really cool thing to see, and certainly something that you need in the playoffs. Oh, uh, oh, uh, yeah. I mean, and that's what this team, you know, that's 
some, that's what this team has put together, guys like that. One, that aren't afraid of the moment, and then two, that have some experience. Now, what was your take on the Lin Ding head bump uh, cut lip? Because I'm sure if you're a Heat fan, you saw that a different way. But, I mean, to me, it was uh, pretty clearly a foul on Ding with some extra contact there at the very end. How do you read that? Yeah, I think Ding was was going for the ball. Ended up, you know, they ended up bumping heads, and you know, mm-hmm. it looked like Lin zigged and Ding zagged. And normally, the defender yeah. is going to get the call on there. I didn't see anything, you know, too egregious on Lin's part. I mean, he, you know, he was aggressive and he wanted to clear out and make sure that. And that's a crucial time of the game. So if you get a board, you know, you want to make yeah. sure you're maintaining possession, especially against a team like the Miami Heat that loves to, you know, on those scramble type situations, loves to turn that into, you know, a turnover in a bucket. So I just thought it was, you know, it was, yep. a, it was an aggressive play. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, not swinging the elbow, swinging the head is what you want to do. <laughs> That's right. Well, <laughs> yeah, because, call that elbow. Well, because call look, that elbow. I mean, let's, let's be honest, you know, if you swing an elbow and hit someone's head, they're, they're getting the worst for the wear. If if you go yeah. head to head combat, then at least both of you are are going home with a, a pretty serious bruise. So it's it's hey, to what turnabouts other, turnabouts fair play. One other thing, Doug, it felt like everyone that went in there did give a contribution. Though. I mean, even though even all the way down to Tyler Hansborough, who had you know six minutes in there and 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 filled a role, um, and and as well Frank Kaminsky, who I thought hit a couple of big buckets when he was in there on offense. Um, so they contributed. Jeremy Lamb uh, did not did not contribute anything uh, for the same for the uh, what fourth or fifth time. I don't know. Third time this week, at least. So yeah, I mean, that's uh, becoming he, a real thing. Yeah, he continues to look at Troy Daniels, and again, Troy sat for a long time as well. I, I, the Hornets played, you know, major minutes, yeah. gave major minutes to their starters. This was a, a really important game, a, a playoff like atmosphere, and you. You know, you go if your starters are playing well. You got to go with your starters in this kind of game. So that's where you sure. see that. I mean, this was essentially an eight-man. You know, Troy got eight, Tyler got six, but this was essentially an eight-man rotation with with Jefferson, Kaminsky, and Lynn coming off the bench. So big, huge win for the Hornets. Uh, now thirty-nine and twenty-nine, and there's some tiebreaker situations. I don't think they're technically the three seed right now because of of tiebreakers, but. You know they have a uh, plenty of opportunity to better their seating as uh, they move forward, and of course, the next game Saturday at home against the Denver Nuggets, a Denver Nuggets team that has struggled this season in, in many areas. So the Hornets again faced with a team at home that they should beat. We'll, we'll see if they can do it. For more coverage of that game, make sure to check out at thehive.com. Okay, real quick before we go, ticket giveaway. I've got two tickets, lower levels that we're giving away here on the show. And here's what you have to do. You've got to go on to iTunes and give us a five-star review and, and write a review. And in the review, you can put whatever you want. Tell us what you think of the show. It doesn't have to be long. Just make sure you include your Twitter handle. Twitter handle, you got to have a Twitter handle. Include that in the review on iTunes, five-star, and we'll uh, hook you up with some lower levels. So go do that if you haven't already. And uh, thanks for listening, and and thanks for all the support that you guys give. On it helps us get up in the morning and do these five o'clock alarms. And it's an exciting time, David. The Hornets are winning basketball games, and not only basketball games, but but really big situation basketball games. And and that's not a given. 
You know, I know it's. I yep. said I said this on Twitter, David. It's hard to believe because of of the past, and this came kind of suddenly. I mean, this whole winning big games, shooting three pointers, it just came. It was just a wave of of players that Cho brought in, and it's completely changed uh, the game for the Hornets. And it's hard to believe sometimes, but this is a legitimate threat. In this team is a legitimate threat in the Eastern Conference, and. We have to start living in that reality. I think it's. I think yeah. fans don't want to let their guard down and be disappointed. But I think it's time to, yeah. to to get to get on board with this team. Yeah, I think so. I think you're going to see Cho and Clifford and maybe some other guys get some credit in, in postseason voting and, and get some get some recognition that way. One last thing here, Doug. Over the last ten games, there are three teams in the NBA that are nine and one: the Warriors, the Spurs, and your Charlotte Hornets. Now. Yeah, you, know, you may be able to look at the schedule and uh, compare those. I haven't looked at those two teams' schedules, and we know this team has been at, at home and and has not had the toughest schedule. But nine and one in the last ten, only three teams in the NBA to do that, Doug, and they had to have it. I mean, we talked about how big this homestand was. They knew it going in, and uh, they delivered and came back with a huge win in Miami. So I think you're right. It's time to get excited. Huge win, and despite March Madness going on, I felt like the best basketball game on TV last night was in the pros, and it was this Hornets Heat game. Maybe you could maybe, maybe argue that uh, Providence-USC game, because at least those teams put up, it was a close game, go-ahead bucket with less than, what, five seconds, and... uh, Spoiler alert, Doug, some of us went to sleep. Oh, sorry. Well, what are you DVRing <laughs> March Madness games? Come on, this isn't Netflix. Like, you know, watch the game uh, or look at the box score. But anyway, yeah, Providence. I'm just kidding. I'm not. I'm, I'm not going to watch that game. Well, Providence moves on and they'll they'll play our alma mater, UNC. But so that was an mm. and they they actually shot the ball well. That's the thing. It, it can be a close game. It cannot be a close game in college. But the only way you can argue it with me is if you know one team at least one team shoots over forty percent and one team has to take you know, at least 10 three-pointers. Because if they're not doing that, then I don't want to watch. So it was a, it, that was a, that was like one of the few really good games uh, from uh, last night's college basketball offerings. But I think the Hornets' heat, way better. I'm just, you know, I'm a fan of the pro game. And so I think the Hornets' heat game illustrated why uh, you could make arguments for the pro game. It was fun. It was, it was fun. a fun time out there. All right, fans, uh, thanks so much for listening. Again, iTunes, five-star review in the review. Put your Twitter handle. We'll get you hooked up with some tickets to the uh, Hornets uh, Nuggets game on Saturday, 6 o'clock p.m. is that tip. Go to atthehive.com for uh, a full preview of that game. Until next time, folks, all hail the teal and purple. <laughs>